You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a special episode of the Blazer Focus Podcast, special because I, Aaron Fentress, reporter of The Oregonian and OregonLive.com, now have a co-host, and his name is going to be very familiar to you because I'm sure you've watched him be loud and boisterous on TV, just like me sometimes in the past. His name is Craig Burnback. I have roped Craig into this. Craig, say hi to the people. Hello, people. I've dragged this man into this, went out and said, I want Craig Burnback as my co-host. We made it happen. And this is something that, you know, Craig and I are just, we're, we're two peas in a pause in a lot of ways. Uh, we're both opinionated. We both really don't care what other people think. And we get each other in that. We don't take anything personally. And we can sit yeah. and just talk back and forth and we just give each other crap. And so we've been talking for years about someday, maybe, you know, we might end up yep. doing something together. And here we are. I'm very thrilled and excited. Craig, welcome. Thank you, man. I'm excited. And I will say two out of the three things you said about me are true. <laughs> that uh, I, got I think I'm loud. I have opinions. But as opposed to you, I'll admit it right here. I care what other people think. I do. I'm much more sensitive than you are when it comes to offending other people. I don't get easily offended, but uh, as you well know, or else we wouldn't be talking right now. Uh, I mean, because we've had Twitter wars, we've had wars on uh, press row. We've, we've, you know, we've argued via text. Um, so now we're just going to do it more. You know, publicly. Yeah. And, and we're going to do it blazers focused. Blazers focused. We'll get off. We're going to get off the track every once in a while because that's who we are. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited. We, we've talked about, you know, sports radio at times, even back when in your, uh, NBC sports days and whatever that we might somehow connect somehow. And, uh, I tried to get you on there at NBC. I threw your name around several times, but. Yeah, well, some could've, they were smarter saved, than you were. I no, guess. I could have saved the network. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, look at it. How could I not? Right? I could have saved it. But yeah, no, I'm excited and uh, talking basketball. And of course, you know, I do some of the Blazers broadcasting with them. So um, very connected still to the Blazers, even if I wasn't. I, you know, uh, still watch them. And it's cool to connect with you and get your insight and uh, and also to. To remind people that when they hear you talk and they think that you're out of your mind, I'm going to be here to tell them <laughs> they're right. You are out of your mind. <laughs> okay. I'd like to reconsider this marriage. Um, who do I, t- <laughs> um, so I, so when I, basically I, a few weeks ago, I said, you know, I think we need to get someone permanent in here to do this with me and be more fun. And I had three criteria, one available. <laughs> <laughs> to <laughs> to someone who could deal with me because there's just some people who just can't handle me they just don't they don't understand where i'm coming from they take things personally i've had interactions with people where i'm like i cannot believe you did not know i was joking it was clearly obvious you need to spend more time watching saturday night live because that's where i get a lot of my humor because i've been watching that show since i was a little kid um very satirical obviously and exaggerative and then last but not least you don't have me blocked. There was someone on, you know, someone, someone threw out a name of someone who could be good to wed me with on this show. And we looked into this person and they had me blocked on Twitter. So they were automatically out. Although I was intrigued. I was like, Hmm, if this person hates me that much, that could be a lot of fun, but ultimately I'd probably get myself fired. So I decided to go with the person who was available, didn't have me blocked and who I knew I could hang out with for an hour every week and kick the thank goodness thank goodness i I unblocked you 
I unblocked I you just did in you, time. Wait, did you have me block? Okay, whatever. I haven't <laughs> blocked anyone. I haven't blocked anyone. <laughs> oh, I blocked. I won't do that. I do block. Okay, <laughs> let's get our focus to the Blazers. Nasir Little injured his shoulder Tuesday night against Minnesota. Initially, well, I'll tell you the news first. He's out for the season more than likely. The Blazers haven't said officially, but Wojnowski just put out a Woj bomb from ESPN. He says he's out for the season. I actually just did a post in which I went on John Hopkins' uh, website, Hopkins' website, medical website, excuse me, to look up the injury. And uh, I, de- I deduced with my own medical background that right. the math added up that he would probably be out for the season because the, the labral tear he has would take four to six weeks to become, to heal and reattach itself to the bone. And then another four to six weeks to become strong enough probably to play, which means 10 to 12 weeks. The season ends in, I think, 11 weeks, 12 weeks. So at the very least, he's going to be out till April, till April like third or fourth. Last game's April 10th. Anyway, it's out that he's out for the season. Big blow for this team, sort of, kind of. We'll get into the sort of, kind of yet later. But uh, your your perspective on what this means, because the guy was having a great year. As a matter of fact, April or January, his best month ever statistically. Bummed, just bummed. And I get where we're gonna go later on this. But, you know, bummed for <laughs> but I'm bummed for Nasir. You know, but bummed for Nasir Little. You know, because the guy clearly has worked really hard. Um, you know. Especially in the last year, you could see, obviously, playing time helps, you know, show things off. But right. everyone said he came back with a different attitude. Um, and what a, you know, he's just fun to watch. And he's the kind of player that I, I love saying this that Blazer fans love. Like, mm-hmm. you know, somehow Kings fans don't like guys that hustle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, people always say that. Blazer fans love this guy because, you know, when you, when you play for Phoenix, they don't really want you to die for the ball, you know? But, Fans love a guy like Nasir Little. He was he was given it. You want the debate to be that he tried so hard he might have tried too hard. You know what right. I mean? That that's basically <laughs> been his biggest controversy. He shouldn't have dove for a ball between someone's legs. Um I just loved how he played. I loved how he talked, you know, and I love how he plays, you know, it's yeah. not over. And I loved how he talked, you know, about the fact that he got it. You know, guys that, like Nasir Little was you know, a top recruit. People talked about him yeah. being the number one overall pick when he was in high school. Yep. And then, you know, his draft stock dropped a little bit. And and he ended up being a guy that got drafted to not play right away. And in, and a lot of guys can't figure that out. And he had figured it out. Like, oh, if I'm going to play, I'm not going to be the guy right now that scores 23 a game. And, and they're going to focus on me offensively i'm gonna have to do these little things and i can and i'm willing to and he came back playing defense um he came back running which you know let's be honest this team you love seeing somebody athletic running up and down the court and and dunking and diving all over the place and look how tough is that guy he came back in the game (laughs) you know (laughs) He came back and his and shoulder said, got ripped out of his body and he came back. So we, he, he was on the floor rolling around like he got shot. Like we were all like, cause he did. We were like, holy crap. He goes up for a rebound against Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns kind of comes down hard. Nasir goes down. He's rolling around on the ground. His arms like dangling. And he, I'm thinking like, did he pop it? Is it out of his shoulder? Is it right. dislocated? dislocated? Which what? actually dislocated would have been better <laughs> than what it ended up being. Right. But he gets up, he walks okay. off, and after the game, he laughed. He said, yeah, after I after I walked around a little bit, I realized it wasn't that bad, and maybe I was being a little bit of a drama queen, which was kind of funny. He was but, not. Uh, he was not being a drama queen. He was not. He was not. Now, here's another thing. The next day, Billups, before the game against Dallas, which Nasir missed, said he felt good about the situation with him and Robert Covington who injured yeah. his knee against Minnesota moving forward because he didn't think it was as bad as as uh, at, at one stop because he himself had injured his shoulders in, in the NBA and, and missed the season uh, both times it happened. Um, so it seemed like they're out of, the, out of the woods there. And then today, boom, he's done for the season. And to your point about what he brings to the team and what Blazer fans like, Damian Lillard has just raved about his hustle, yeah. his athleticism, how he, he does things that no one else on the team can do. No one else is as athletic and 6'5". I mean, Simons is as athletic, but now he's not 6'5 and built like Little. Little is built, yeah. strong, physical, fearless, flies in the air, grabs offensive rebounds, is great on the break as a finisher. His three-point shooting is streaky mainly because he's good when he's wide open. He's not yet to the point where he needs to be coming down and transitioning and jacking up threes, which Billups likes to bring up every once in a while. But yes, this is a huge loss for them and something that, you know, I, I don't know how they recover. Because one of the things that was obvious last night 
without him and Rocco is they had no wow. perimeter length and athleticism to deal with what Dallas was doing. At one point in the game, they had out there Simons, um, McLemore, uh, Powell, and Smith, and then Greg Brown or, or maybe it's Watford. And I'm just like, you got four, six foot two, six foot three guys out there. None of them known for defense other than Powell. And they're just getting worked by this longer athletic team. So they're going to definitely miss him for the rest of the season. There's zero doubt about that. Yeah. And his dad liked and, and retweeted my tweets. He did. So now I won't get out. Yeah, he did. Oh, your yeah, voice was like, cool. Cool. <laughs> you know, like now I won't get that, you know, I'm very complimentary. Well, just, I was all year. Just, and, tweet, and keep, just keep tweeting how much they miss Nas every time they lose a game. And then you you'll go. get, you'll get that love back. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, I'm, I, I'm bummed for him. He was going to play a lot when healthy. And yeah. even this year before this injury, it felt like every few games he got a knock, you know, and he had a sit. It was a knee twist or this or that. And so he couldn't even get the momentum going. And then now, you know, these, these delay, you know, he doesn't know what's going to happen. You know, this is a, he had a chance here to know that he was going to play. You know, he's averaging almost 26 minutes a game. You know, he was, that wasn't going to go down, you know, depending on what happens post trade deadline. Um, so, you know, it stinks for him. And obviously it, it's not good for the Blazers as far as getting a look at him and, and, uh, for fans that want to watch an entertaining game, no Nas makes it less entertaining, probably. Absolutely. Absolutely. You are listening to the Blazer Focus podcast. We'll be right back after a short break. When we started talking, it was on the road trip. Blazers looked like they turned a corner. You know, they were played much better. Went four and two on the road after taking forever to win a road game. Says the guy who's <laughs> they were two and thirteen on the road studio host for road games and hadn't seen a win. Um, <laughs> it was your. It was then your they come home and, and and they lose. You know, two in a row. Um, and, and I will say this against Dallas. What you said is how I felt. Like. You just don't have the bodies when this team is not healthy, when it's that unhealthy, I would yeah. say, and they're missing that many people. You can't compete against a good team. And athletically, Dallas was just, you know, they had the ability to dunk, you know, on every play. Yes. I felt like, oh, goodness. And Luca's awesome. He's fantastic. And, and, and every time they say Lucas 22, by the way, I just, I, I like get a little <laughs> nauseous. Like, really? I'm like, you shouldn't be that 22. good at 22, right? And you shouldn't be out of shape yet. You know, I say that a little bit. <laughs> you know, I was wondering that too. He's kind of got an early Kevin Love thing going. And I'm wondering if he's going to become the later on Kevin Love when he trimmed down. Remember that year when he just like yeah. went from a like a little, a little doughy to like Christopher Reeves? It was like, whoa. Just weird though. Point guards usually are. I mean, there's, I can name a few that get booed in the, uh, the old Rose Guard that weren't in the best of shape. But, uh, you know, in general, when you run the point like that, you're, you're not. You're not the guy they think is not in shape. But, uh, you know, he just decided I don't have to go crazy. I average 26, but I don't have to. I'm going to get a thousand assists. Right. And, uh, and he, <laughs> and he kind of did. And so that was, that was a bummer. And the, and, you know, the game before I was feeling pretty bad about it. Like, you know, oh, that's a game, you know, they made the comeback. They got right there. They had, had a chance to win it. And, uh, Anthony missed at the buzzer. And then I felt better because Anthony Simon said, Hey, I never even, I never did that before. You know, I never had the ball in my hands. Yeah. And they say two seconds. I love that. They say two seconds is a lot of time. <laughs> but I'm like, you know who says two seconds is a lot of time? Crazy people. <laughs> two exactly. seconds is not a lot of time. But in sports, yes, it's enough time to do something. And, uh, and, you know, he talked me into the fact that, hey, it's a learning experience, but I don't know what you get. That's the kind of, to me, with the Blazers are, yes, you can have losses and feel good and you can have losses and not feel good. Two losses back to back at home. One I felt really not good, and one yeah. I felt okay. Uh, but you know, this team—if they lose Nas—but with Covington and Nurkic and CJ and you know Anthony Simons and Norman Powell, they're okay. You know, they're pretty good. You take out two, you know, you take out Nas, Covington, and, and suddenly, and no Larry Nance. Yeah, it's hard to compete. Hundred percent, and you know the Minnesota game is to me Minnesota is favored for a reason because I think you know there's still this feeling that the Blazers are not that good, and even though they did well on this road trip, and Minnesota is 
you know, better and they've got Anthony Edwards is amazing. Oof. Like that guy, he, he, I, I think he's only 20. Um, and so, you know, th- losing a game like that is acceptable. I mean, there's no way you can really pout about that if you're a Blazers fan or even the Blazers. The Dallas game, I f- sort of feel the same way too because you're missing, you know, like we talked about, your two best perimeter and most athletic uh, defensive players. I asked everyone who talked about not having those two and Powell said, you know, the thing about Covington is just his, his back-end defense communication. Like he orchestrates so many things back there and they were lost on so many, so many things and that's why you saw dunks. Aside from the athleticism, the height difference, and Porzingis, I swear, Porzingis, if Porzingis played Portland every night, he'd be a Hall of Famer because his two games against Portland, he was absolutely unstoppable. And then with Luca, I mean, I joked with Jason Quick that Luca and Porzingis were basically Magic and Kareem. They could do whatever they wanted to against the Blazers, and the Blazers had no answer. So the losses, to me, you know, don't matter. But the other part of this, though, is that and, I, and I'm going to start this by talking about when I report on this team every night, it's like I'm still writing about, oh, they're in 10th. Oh, they're only – now they're six and a half games out of six, which isn't, which isn't a ton. They could still make the playoffs if this happens and that happens and they make a trade and Dane comes back. But then another part of me is like, is that even a thing? <laughs> like, is it – does it – like, is it sad that they lost these two games or is it good that they lost these two games? Was the road trip just fool's gold and just some stuff that happened and now we're back to reality? And of course, with Nas, even more reality, which leads us into our next topic, which is to tank or not to tank. Um, now, a lot of people don't understand what goes into tanking. And uh, clearly, players are not going to necessarily tank. But you, you, you start off by explaining to people why tanking isn't as easy as it might seem. Well, I just like like we use it like a verb or like a play. Like it's an action. Like I'm going to tank. Like I'm going to run. Like if I got up right now and I'm going to run, I know how to run. Like people say, "Oh, tank!" Like there's a there's a switch. Like in the front <laughs> office, go, "All right, yep, tank," and then you flip it. <laughs> Uh, the, that's not a thing. And the, the biggest way to explain it is the easiest way to say, you can't just say, Oh, we're going to tank is players don't tank. Right. They don't tank and, and, and they're going to try and players, especially on teams that the playoffs might not be the ultimate goal. They suddenly have to, their, their thoughts come down to me, <laughs> you know, like what, where am I? I mean, there, you talked about Covington. He's picked it up lately. Nurkic certainly has picked it up. We can talk about him in a little bit. Yeah, but, he's been amazing. Uh, nods when he was playing hard. Simons, who's getting his first starting, you know, nods, and and they want to prove that they should uh, be prominent in this league and richer than they are today. <laughs> you know, right. like that's the whole thing. <laughs> so you, as a franchise, you could do things to remove players that might <laughs> help you win from the court but there's no coaches can't coach they don't coach to lose cuz you get fired you know no matter what or if you're not coaching well you don't just go yeah we're tanking so go whatever run what you want you know like that's not a real thing so i, I and i also would say that not Tanking's no guarantee in the NBA. Now, for the Blazers, if they make the playoffs, they keep a draft pick. If they don't, they lose it. So it's a no, very no, no. if they you, if they make it, they lose. They lose it. If they it's make lottery, the playoffs, I said it backwards. Yeah, it's lottery. Right, that's right. what I meant. Right. Everyone knew I knew what I yeah, was talking okay. about. So right. Clarify. Exactly. <laughs> I'm saying like that's a very so it's easy for people to look at it and see this line like oh you know if you make the playoffs we don't even get a first round draft pick but you know the truth is is that that. That's there's no LeBron guarantee, even if you get the number one pick in this, you know, in this draft. And also because of the way the lottery works, trust me, as a lifelong Knicks fan, there we go. you could be in the lottery a lot <laughs> there we go. and not get the pick that changes your franchise. You got, the, you got Patrick say, Ewing. Now stop. Come on. That one did. Yeah. That one changed my franchise. May 12th on my <laughs> on my birthday in 1985. Wow, your birthday. Okay. Yes, it was the greatest gift ever. I was a. <laughs> You know, a, a newly crowned teenager, and I was going to count my championships. Like, I was going to get it, and I'm old, and I'm bald, and I have no championships. <laughs> so, and, and as a Bulls fan, I want to apologize for my team winning right. six of championships that could have gone to the Knicks. But go ahead. And if 
And if you were the number one pick that draft, maybe you don't. You have a different. You know, it goes a different way. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. The number one pick won titles, but number two, uh oh. I mean, you know, yeah. like <laughs> I just, I'm just saying, like, there's no guarantee. You didn't, you know, Michael wasn't the one number one overall pick. He changed, he changed the world. He changed your life. He changed the basketball world. You know, so I'm just saying, there's no tanking is not a guarantee. And in general, in the NBA, tanking does not lead to a an immediate shift in the future of your franchise. You know, the t- Tim Duncan, David Robinson kind of things, yes, they happen. LeBron, but I mean, LeBron, that's like once, maybe tw- depending but, on how long But even live. then, even then, Cleveland didn't win a title with him. And Cleveland had other number one picks like Bennett who flamed. But they didn't even win a title with LeBron. LeBron had the lead. But they did get to – they but, got there because he was so good. I'm just No, saying. no, I know. But I'm just saying in terms of tanking right. leading to such and such, they had one of the greatest players ever and still couldn't win a title with him, which just goes to show – well, until he left and came back. But you, know, you see what I'm saying. So, yeah, it's, it's not an exact thing at all. However, that being said, if you look back at the history of the NBA, I went back 30-some-odd years, which is sort of my wheelhouse, magic on up. And I knew a lot of stuff in my head, but I looked it up anyway. The vast majority of teams that have won titles have won titles with multiple picks in the top 10 and a lot of times a couple in the top five. Um, <clears throat> so and now they didn't always pick them, but they right. acquired the talent that led to the, that the position that the person possessed that made them a high pick. So the beauty about this whole thing for the Blazers to me is that the ability to tank has been laid out in front of them. Coming into the season, I believe this was a 51 team based on going 42 and 30 last year with CJ and Nurk missing 60 games, tweaking the defense a little bit, improving the bench defense, which they did. To me, they could easily have won 45 to 50 if they just remain healthy. Instead, Dame, bad start. Boom. Dame, abdomen. Boom. CJ, collapsed lung for six weeks. Boom. Those things right there killed this yep. team, and the defense didn't really rise to the occasion. So Dame undergoing surgery, boom again, because now you have an excuse, if you want later, to leave him out for the entire season. So it's been laid out for you. You you were 10 games under 500 at one point. It's not even really tanking as much as it's just let it die, <laughs> right? But then you know this month, they started out hot because, like you said, guys like Simons were like coming – Unto their own, Nasir, Nurkic is playing well, who's in a contract year. And so where you have to make the decisions on if you're going to quote unquote tank or not is how you manipulate those players in terms of how they're used. And this can lead us into our next thing. Well, no, I won't lead into the next thing. I'll just make it about Nurkic. Oh no, I'll, we'll lead into Nurkic in a minute. But my, my point being that they can do things very, very easily to turn this thing on a dime to where it will collapse. I'm talking 8, 10, 12-game losing streaks if they want to. And I don't think it's going to be very hard. You'd have to trade some somethings for nothings, you know, like to, <laughs> to do it and and quite a, you know, and and stay hurt. I, I, I just think that the one thing about this team is you talked about this being a 52-win team. 50, and yeah. currently, you know, or 50-win team. Yeah. Currently, um, you take Damian Lillard out of the list, fine. Take five wins off, you know, Ten. With, with Simons yeah. stepping up. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, and while Nasir Little's loss is, is ugly, I'm just saying if they remain healthy with this current roster, there are certain teams that they match up horribly with based on their size. I mean, they just, they're just – Teams that have a six eight point card and a seven foot four three, when you have when you you have nobody over six seven, like that's just hard. But you can beat some other teams. You know, right. you can beat the Magic, you can beat the Pistons. You know, I'm just saying, like there, you can beat. You know, you and I can beat the Kings right now. I'm, I'm just saying, know. like my this team is pretty. <laughs> my knees bothering well, me, so I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you what, if you want, if we have time, I'll tell you why my toe is hurt today, and that's the greatest injury ever. <laughs> but uh, but I'm just saying, like, it's a solid team. So, yes, it will be – the and Joe Cronin and the front office, to me, the draft pick is – it's not irrelevant. But to act like that's the thing, like you get the – if you get the draft pick that's everything. next year. It's everything for this franchise. It's everything. 
Well, to, to me, oh, my lights went off because I haven't moved for a while. Because I'm in mean, one of those. Here, things, we save energy. Where it's it's not go. a guarantee, but here's why it's everything. It would give them something. If they got a top five pick, the last time they had a top five pick was Odin. The, the highest pick they've had since then was Lillard, the, the sixth pick. The worst thing that was this franchise, the worst that was thing, a good one. Yeah. The worst <laughs> thing this franchise has done in the last six years yeah. is make the playoffs in 15-16. That was the year you were supposed to take after losing Aldridge. Vegas had them at 21 and a half wins. Win 18 games. Get a top three pick. If you do that, you end up with Jalen Brown, Brandon Ingram, or Ben Simmons. You put one of those three guys on the Blazers the last six years with Damon CJ, the entire trajectory of the franchise is completely changed. I'm not saying they win a title in the last six years because there's been some formidable teams to deal with. But seriously, think about what have they been missing? Length and, and athleticism at the three and at the four. I just named three guys that would fix that. And one's an elite defender in, in, in Simmons. And Brown is just a next-level athlete at the two or the three. They would have been a completely different team these past six years. Instead, they spent this past six years chasing a guy like that, but could never trade for one because no one wanted to give one up for CJ, yeah. who's you know a redundant 6'3 guard on this team. So, yes – to me, this is their opportunity to make up for that, get that high pick, and and to me, you don't even use the pick. You trade that pick to a team that's looking to rebuild to acquire a legitimate, already proven guy that you can pair with Damian plus some other pieces you 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 draft and or, or trade for, and boom, now you have yourself a ready-made run at contending in the West. That's why the pick is huge. It's, it's so it's easy. That, <laughs> it's that easy, Craig. How hard is this? It's so. I mean, teams do it all the time. <laughs> Just, yeah, because it's just bang. Like, okay, look at okay, look, Indiana, Indiana, look, Indiana. But listen, one more thing. Indiana is trying to rebuild. Allegedly, they're in rebuild mode. They're trying to move Sabonis. Do you think they wouldn't trade if Sabonis is still available? Come, they wouldn't trade Sabonis for whatever cap money you need to put in there and the fifth pick in the draft. I think they would do that in a nanosecond. So, here's what I'm gonna say first about talking about possible trades. I, I don't like wasting that kind of energy and time is crazy because we have no idea. We have no idea, and um, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna That's sit 90% here. Ninety percent of the fun of the NBA. I'm that. just saying, I'm, I'm, and I'm not Bobby Marks, so I don't know the entire salary cap situation. And I'm not saying what you're what you're saying. The way you described it, it is it's so simple. And then we should book the time, the championship in Play 2025. The parade, like it's there over. It's over. Like there let's let's get the streets closed now. I'm just saying it's not the only way. Of course I'm just not. saying it's not the only way. And, and, and there, and, and you can't, um, yes, you could do what you, it is the only way. Certain, I, I, I'm I saying, just saying for the Blazers, it's the only way. Go ahead. I'll let you finish. And I'll tell you why it's the only way. Well, look, here's, here's the thing with everything's the only way when you look at how it's been done before. Like, but I could look at Cleveland right now and I could say there were, I had no, no thoughts Cleveland would be this good this year. I, mean, I just didn't, you know, and, and to go outside the sport, the Bengals have been rebuilding for 4,228 years. And then Joe Burrow in year two takes him, you know, to the final four. Like there, there are different, but who, but listen, sports okay. will surprise Joe you. Joe Burrow was sports what will now? surprise you. Joe Burrow was what now? What was he was Joe a t- yes. He was in what, the number, one, number pick. one pick in the draft. So okay. was Baker Mayfield and they stink. Cl- why well, don't Cleveland? Who'd you mention Cleveland? Evan Mobley, the third pick. Darius Garland, yes. the fifth pick. Yes. Colin Sexton, yes. who's out, yes. the eighth pick. So that's three yes. guys in the top ten, two in the top five that are helping them be where they are. Isaac Okoro is not doing yes. great, but he's solid. The fifth pick. So they've had five, four top eight picks in a yeah, row. That was a terrible example. And three that was a terrible top- examples. Okay, thank you. Please, not give you another chance. <laughs> I'm just saying that there are surprises. To- but you didn't expect – I'm just saying that there are certain guys that – that, and I loved Mobley, by the way. Loved Mobley. I mean, I just I just thought I wanted – So, ima- so that's next- what I'm saying, though. Imagine if the Blazers last yes. had a th- – and got Mobley. Yes, that would have been That's good. what I'm talking but about. they would have su- – and, yeah. and the reason why it's so important is because the Blazers can't get guys like that via trade or via – Free agency. Uh, well, free agency. It's very so the difficult. way you get them it is, is you draft difficult. them, and the only way you draft them is if you oh. have those high picks. I agree. I no look. I don't disagree with the fact. I'm just saying it's just not that simple. As simple as you made it sound, tanking's not that simple, and picking the right guy is not that simple. True. It's not perfect. And to me, the biggest part about this is tanking will come will be a decision that is made by the front office, and they will have to to you know make a some shifts 
And those shifts will affect the roster because if you tank too hard, you'll, you got nothing left for Dame and whoever the new guys are. Segue that into the Nurkic Covington thing because that, that, that's, that's a good point. Nurkic has played extremely well this stretch here. The double doubles, um, he's looked as he less, you know, he's looked like he's in shape. Look, I don't think he broke his leg in a vicious, awful way. He'll never be that. He probably won't ever be that athletic again. You know, the human body is what it is. He's 300 pounds and two sticks that hold up 300 pounds. You know, once they snap in half, I don't know if they ever heal. I haven't gone on, you know, to my doctor Wikipedia like you have to figure that out. But, you know, (laughs) I think that, you know, that's you break your leg like that. You'll probably never be the same. But he's played extremely well. Um, and especially, uh, he's been a matchup problem. Now, admittedly, like last night, he had, he's not athletic enough to be able, you know, to guard who he needed to guard necessarily. Uh, but he's been, uh, when, when they've gone to him, uh, like, you know, the night before against Minnesota, there's no, they didn't have an answer for him, you know, when they got on the ball where he needed to be. Um, so the question is, has that, you know, where have, where are the Blazers thinking about him now long term? Like, do you think there's a chance that they want to keep him? No, I I don't. And and the reason there is, okay, so he's playing really well. Don't get me wrong. I think part of the reason, and Billups mentioned this the other day, that they're playing more through him because yeah. CJ was out, Dame was out, and Powell went into COVID, and then CJ did come back, but there was no Dame and Powell. But now Powell's back, but no Dame. Um, but so they were playing through Nurkic more and running the offense through him. And he was, he was doing a great job. He's getting a lot of assists. Even when he wasn't getting assists, he was moving the ball well. And of course he was scoring inside, grabbing rebounds. But I don't think Billups views him as their center moving forward. I think they want a more athletic center who's a better rim protector. Nurkic has dropped as a rim, as a rim protector. He's not overly athletic. He doesn't really shoot the three. I think they're going to try and look to go to a different direction. And also I don't think they want to invest the money it would take to probably keep him. He, he's making 12 million now. Is he going to get 15 to 18? I don't know. Who knows? And am I going to give him four years, $72 million? I, I don't know if that's what I'm going to do, especially with Anthony Simons about to come up as a restricted free agent. So no, I don't think, I don't think necessarily he plans and he figures into the future. And so for me, we talk about tanking. We talk about what you could do roster wise. You trade Yusuf Nurkic. <laughs> Like yeah, if you, you do that, you tra- if he had not been around this month, they wouldn't be where they are. They would without, especially without Zeller. Do you remember how they looked when Zeller and Nurkic were out at the end of December? Teams were it was like me going down to the, the local elementary school and playing against a bunch of sixth graders. Well, they don't have bigs. They don't have bigs. You trade Nurkic and the season's gonna go right into the into the the crapper plus. You do have to put a go. lineup out there though. You know, you do you have put, to get another set. Well, Nance will be back. You put Nance or you're starting or you go yeah. sign a just a Which is funny because Nance, Nance is in 6'10". You know what I mean? Like I know, he's got but long he's arms. Just, but, Zeller might be yeah. out for the years, out eight to 10 weeks. Yeah. Like you just, there's, so to me, but like you said, maybe they think now, hey, maybe we figured things out with him and we can use him down the road. Centers don't grow on trees, right? And so maybe he is going to be, you know, a piece for the future. I don't know. But if he is and he's around, he's helping you win games, he's going to cost you a higher draft pick. And the same thing with Covington. Like, Covington's a free agent to be. Is he in the your future plans? I don't think he is. So if he's not, you got to move him as well, which is going to help you lose, and you might get a second-round pick for him. I don't know. But to me, those two are the guys that, you know, and I hate, to, I hate saying this because people always say it's their lives. You know, yeah, it's their lives, but they make, zillions of dollars as part of the league and Covington's been traded numerous times and Nurkic has been traded. This is part of the NBA. But if you're the Blazers and you want to lose games, you got to move those two. Yeah. The thing with Covington that is interesting is he can, he can help someone if he's healthy. Yeah. He could be a part. Yeah. He could, and he could help the Blazers. And even at the, he's not going to make 25 mil and he, and so at a certain price, Covington whether he's your, you know, fourth best starter or your, you know, sixth, seventh guy off the bench, he can contribute a lot to a winning team. Right. So it it's not um but are you gonna be able to resign him? You know, those are the things. Like you talked about Lamarcus. I don't think uh I'm you know, sharing anything anyone doesn't know, but letting Lamarcus chill and then letting him go for nothing, uh, wasn't great. You know, I mean that they that was, he was not the stay. best decision. They thought right. he was going to stay, and they thought they had a contender that year. 
And they were in- right, but it. Right. But you're doing all this. What if the what if? Like, or you know, in hindsight, <laughs> well, I'm saying why they. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh no, I get it. Yeah, you get. I why. mean, and, you're and saying in that it didn't sense, work out. Right, it didn't work out though. Right, and right. it wasn't like, like you were. It wasn't like anyone was super shocked. Yeah, you know, it wasn't like oh he's de-, like if Dame would have said I'm before he signed his you know big extension I'm not I'm gonna stay and then he left I you know I would have been shocked but with Lamarcus I was like yeah like. Yeah, I, he never really – he kind of committed and then he didn't commit and he had other people. But I, I, it will be interesting to see what they get for if – they, if they make trades, what they get for it and what that means for the future. Because the one thing about Damian Lillard is he does want to win. <laughs> you know, and he's got – his window is is short. And what this injury probably did, if if other things didn't, fatherhood – Injury for the, you know, really for the first time in the NBA that's significant, it lets you understand that there's going to be your window of, of life as an NBA top flight player is, is shrinking, you know, yeah. and when you play with all those guys in Tokyo and they tell you that, I, I just don't, you know, you can't just, if you blow it up too much, you risk, you know, you, there's a risk there, you know, with, with, where Damien will feel comfortable. So that's that's the interesting part to me is because Damien Lillard is right now, you know, and has been for a long time. He's he's the franchise, you know what I mean? And so if you do so much that it doesn't look appetizing to him, now you've gotten yourself into a, a different place. And um, that's what that's but, why I'm interested. See, I think no, it'll be, you know. And I see what you're saying, but I don't think what they currently have is appetizing to him at all. I think he knows there's a there's a ceiling here, and that they have to be aggressive and make moves. And Billups and Cronin have said they want to be aggressive, they want to make moves. I don't know what's going to materialize, but that can lead us into our next segment, which is the you know the, the trade deadline is coming up February 10th. That's two weeks out. Uh, the Blazers have some pieces. The, the biggest thing, obviously, is CJ. But does anyone want a 30 year old with a 33 million dollar a year contract? A couple years left on that. Does that he's six foot two? He's a good scorer, but he's not overly athletic. He's not a great defender. Like who wants that? To me. Philadelphia should want that and give up Ben Simmons <laughs> and Portland can throw in some other things, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen with Jeremy Grant happen. I don't think Jeremy Grant wants CJ considering the fact that they're in rebuild mode. Uh, do, does Portland even really want Grant? I think Sabonis is extremely interesting, but Indiana wouldn't want CJ. They would probably maybe want Simons. Uh, but I, I just feel like the trade deadline is going to come and go. And I don't think there's going to be a big move being made. And I think that hurts the overall big picture for the franchise in terms of setting this up to be appetizing for Lillard moving forward, which makes it even doubly more important that they get a high draft pick, especially if they strike out at the trade deadline. Yeah, or, you know, you can trade players or draft picks too. You know, I mean, there is that possibility, you know, that you you go ahead and figure out a way to get yourself another number one, you know, or something. Now, do they have anything to do that? If you package CJ off in a certain way, yes, you know CJ's contract's big, man. It's big, you know. It's tough to move. It's, it's all star big, and he's not quite an all star. Yep, I mean, and he's he's his value for the Blazers at the time for the contract was was higher than any other franchise, and so yeah, I, I look at this and look at the Blazers team and say, if I were the GM, I'm not sure how I can hit a home run, you know, with what I have here, and that's what makes the NBA kind of cool is that right when we think there's nothing going to happen, that's when stuff happens, you know, and things that we never even considered. The Ben Simmons situation is just so weird because we've now known for like, you know, a long time that Ben Simmons isn't going to play. You know? so, it's been eight months, dude. Right. And like, what's the point at this, you know, like trade him. He's not coming back. And so, but you've got a GM there that's, Genius slash oddball, he's you know, stubborn. like he's stubborn. He's getting I mean? played. He's getting played. This see, they're they're ruining they're ruining their season by keeping him like this. They should have traded him a long time ago. They'd be a much better team with McCollum and Nasir Little than just holding on to Ben Simmons. And now Nasir's hurt, so you probably can't even trade him right now. But they, 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 they I don't know what they're doing, dude. He's just and there's other. It's not like it's not like the Blazers the only one trying to get Ben Simmons. You know what I mean? So if you didn't like that, do something. So uh, my. I always like to to see 
you know, nothing happens and then everything happens with the right. deadline. You know what I mean? Like, I love the NBA trade deadline because it passes and four more trades come through. <laughs> you know, like, right, right, like exactly. what were you guys doing yesterday? You know, do you take a long lunch? Like, it's amazing how quickly, you know, things accelerate. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I, I, I find it hard to believe that the Blazers can make a very significant move. Um, Unless they the move break. Anthony. If they move Anthony, I and think I, they could right now. And that's, you know. Of course. But yeah. That's that's a big question for them. Because the bottom line is at the end of the day, if they come into next season with Dame, Simons, Powell, and CJ. Yeah, you can't have four guards. I think that I think everyone knows you can't have four all guards six, two, when six, you only three. play two. And it's it's just, yeah, even it's just if they're, redundant. Even, they're just it's just a just redundant situation. You, right. You can't play four guards. There's only right. five places. Right. You know, even 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 if they were even if you know one of them is six six. You know, you can't if play one were six six, that would change everything, really. Actually, I, I mean, that, I'm just saying you that's can't, part of the problem. Right? You still can't play you four guards, no. But you can, right? right. But you can play the six six guy at the three. Well, then he's not a guard, is he? Well, but he, well, he, he's guard talent. I'm just saying, three, yeah. Powell like is a Powell, guard. Powell is a guard a playing guard. the three, right? If Powell were six, all... six, six, seven, though, then he's Paul George, right? Ask. I'm just right. saying, but there's yeah. got Doc, yeah, right? There. I hear you. What, you can't play four guards. Right. That's, that's what we should <laughs> stop Small there guards. And go, Small guards. And, and, uh, Small guards. And move on. Yeah. All right. So I have to ask okay. you. Okay. Are you are, are you ready for Factor Fentress? Are you ready? We got one more thing, though. Go to, I mean, okay. Uh, you skipped that I one. Thought we kinda, I thought we kind of – I only skipped it. I only skipped it because it's on the list. It says, should the Blazers uh, entertain playing Lillard this, again this season? And right now – We both say We no. don't know. Okay. Well, so right now – I mean, they're, they're – Odds are it's no. Odds are it's no. Yes. Under your, that's what I'm saying. It's, as you like to say, it's redundant based on what you've already offered. <laughs> okay, fine. We'll skip the factor of interest. All right. So, factor of interest. I'm so excited. You want, you, about you, want this. To, you want to explain it to the people? Yeah. So, for Andrew, Andrew Thien, who, who is, is, he's kind of our producer. He's kind of he's in the kinda. background here. <laughs> Uh, no, he's our producer. He came up with this idea, and I loved it. And it's basically Factor Fentress. Wait, wait, wait. This is this is my idea from NBC. But go oh. ahead. Oh, okay. go ahead. Either way, <laughs> whoever's idea is, it's great because you're because of of your character flaw of not understanding. There's other points. Wait, of wait, view. what? <laughs> my what? I, I, this is see flaw. The the what we have here is Aaron is going to tell us something. I love how you say Aaron with knows. the New York accent. Go ahead. That he he knows to be true beyond any doubt. Yeah, and I have to tell the world whether or not it is fact or Fentress not understanding that his point of view is not the only point of view. It's that simple. So, so how many you got? How many you got? It's just a recipe me... for disaster. <laughs> okay, here's my first. I, I only got one for today. Okay, I got one for today. All right, so. Anyone who's been following me or listening to the show knows I'm a big Anthony Simons guy. When I drafted really? him, I thought it was a genius pick. Um, I've been waiting for him to have his chance to bust out. He is busting out. The way he has developed into a playmaker, his assists have shot up dramatically. has been absolutely impressive. That along with his just beautiful three-point shot. My God, his stroke is three-point You can defend just, it later. There's a defense just, part of no, this. No, I'm just, I'm just leading up to why I'm saying what I'm going to say. <laughs> his three-point stroke is phenomenal. His athleticism is off the charts. He's going to dunk contest already. He literally has it all, and he's still a puppy. He's still growing. He's going to get bigger and stronger. So my factor fencher statement right now is that as of right now, Anthony Simons is as important to the franchise as Damian Lillard. That is a fact. Now, do I need to support my fact first? Here's how I'm going to support it. He, one, he's better at 22. First, I have to make a, I have to make a ruling. Well, I have to and, defend and the it first. Then you have to rule. I at least no, my, state I, my case, no? Okay, you want to do it the other way? Fine. Okay, no, no, state your case. That, okay. that works. But He's I do want to quick, – quickly, you've already been wrong. <laughs> you said after at at 22, he's still getting bigger and stronger. I I could stand up and prove to you that <laughs> after you're 22, you don't always get – you might get He's bigger, not going to get taller. You don't I get said taller. bigger. I said stronger and bigger. Come on, I didn't say taller. Nice try, though. <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so at 22, he is better than Dame was. At 22 this month. Now, this is only a month sample. I admit that. 
But Dave at 22, his fourth year out of, out of, uh, or coming, or fourth year out of high school, he was still at Weber State. Now, Anthony did have the gap year. So in, in reality, we're talking about Dame's rookie year compared to this year. And I think if Simons were playing the entire season as a starter, the way he's playing, that's better than Dame just in shooting percentage. His three point percentage is 40. I think Dame was in the, I think Dame was in the low thirties or 33, something like that. His field goal percentage, I think is the same. Um, and for this month, his numbers are pretty much identical and everything else. So. Moving forward, I believe they have, and my, my thing has always been that the floor for Anthony, for me, has always been a more athletic CJ. And CJ is a really good player. Anthony is going to be just as good, if not already, and he's a better athlete. So that combination of everything I just said and the fact that he's younger than Dame by 10 years almost, Dame's coming off of surgery, Dame maybe has four elite years left, where Simons could have 13 or 14 elite years left that if I'm Cronin and I'm looking at my roster, Anthony is almost untouchable unless I can trade, unless I'm getting back a proven all-star. He, when I go to basketball reference, he better have all-star years next to his name or you're not getting Anthony Simons and that I'm keeping him because he is more important moving forward than Damian. So I will say that this is fiction. <laughs> And the reason why I say it is not because I disagree with anything you just said that you just said about Simons, other than the fact that there's a big difference between where Damian Lillard was at being in college and Simons was obviously getting NBA experience, even if it's not in a game, but in practice and stuff. But there are certain things. The, the way I could just shut it down is this, as important <laughs> to the franchise. No, it's just simple. Damian Lillard can go in and demand something. Because that's how important he is to the franchise. That just gives him more clout. That's not more important moving forward. That's okay, well, more right. clout. The, every decision that is being made for the Blazers right now has a has a Damian Lillard footnote absolutely how's it going to affect him right now you yourself had already said there's a possibility that the blazers would trade simons you don't think they should but you think there's a possibility so that is why i say right or wrong i'm not saying if you were the gm that you wouldn't go that way and be able to back it up but currently damian Lillard is the most important player and the most important player in the franchise and going forward, it depends how far you want to go. But every decision right now, Damian Lillard is going to be on the Blazers based on con- contracts and stuff. Unless, unless, they may, unless in the summer they look around and go, well, we don't have a contender and he asks out. Unless he asks out. But right. that's the key. He asks out. Simons is a restricted free agent who has yet to who, – who possibly could be traded in a week and or signed – you know, to a co- now, if Damian Lillard comes back, let's say if Damian Lillard was healthy right now, I don't know what the Blazers do. Like, do you start him? Do you start Simons do with you, CJ back and Norm back, or do you put him back? You start Damian, of course, Damian. No, no, of course you start Damian. Oh, yeah. No, Simons. I'm just saying, like that's what. Oh, he'd come are. off like, the bench the, probably, yeah. right? And so suddenly he gets he's not doing what you're saying he's doing, so he can't even showcase it. So well, I, that, I think right, you know. So there's just no way, and that's that where you've Damian, got to clear. You got to clear bodies to get in, more right? Time. But anyway, yes. which might not be possible before but, the trade. Down. But what I'm saying is, okay. So let let me say right now, someone came to you and said, "All right, Dame or CJ, you know, wh- which one, which one is least likely that you'd want to give up?" Right now, right Look, now, Damien's a great. Damon's the best player in franchise history, probably. Is he? You know we'll, what debate, I mean? like, we'll debate that another time. But I'm just saying, like, no, I'm not trade. I mean, I can't. There are mo- multiple things that go into to Damian Lillard at the top. There's no debate. Damian Lillard's a better player. They're similar in age. I, I don't I don't see, you know, which one would I rather have? I mean, there aren't many guards when healthy that I'm going to take over Damian Lillard. Is that fair? Okay. So here, so here's 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 my other. I've been saving this. This is my this is my kicker. Uh-oh. Is my kicker nugget. Another angle to this of why I think he's ultimately more important. And there's different, there's different avenues you can go down. But the Trailblazers will not 
contend with Lillard unless either Simons is a huge piece of that or you've traded him for another all-star. Meaning, it ain't gonna. Ha- one of those two things is going to have to happen in order for Dame to contend. Whereas, if you aren't able to secure another all-star and you do not contend in the Damien will- window, which may lead to him ultimately asking out, then your building block is Simons, who moving forward will have the exact same trajectory of career as Damien has. And I absolutely, I'm not saying that to say it. I absolutely 100 believe it. If you go look at his rookie, go look at Damien's rookie numbers, look at his shooting percentages, and then go look at what Simons is doing. Like, he's ahead of where Damien was his first year in the league. He just is. And he's more athletic. But it's not athletic. his first year so, in the league. It's, and it's, but it's the equivalent of Damien's. Damien no, with four only, years at Weber. Weber. Only what? Only Damian's when you compare it that way. Right. My, but my that, comparison is you get you get three years no. of NBA practices, you're a different player. Like if I mean, look, I don't know where Damian no, was at. No, I know. 19, I, 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 yeah, I'm not, I'm not I'm not knocking Dame for the trajectory and what leads but, to what you're talking about. I'm look, just saying no, from this point on, Simons is gonna keep getting better and better. Maybe and his career is going to mirror what Dame has already done. I believe Maybe. That. No, Maybe. no, it's fat. No, no, it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, like, this is where you get crazy. Like, you've already convinced yourself that. And I don't want to go against Simons because I so, love him. And I think he's playing last, great. But Damian Lillard is an all-NBA player. He's right. going to the Hall he's of 75, Fame. Yeah, yeah, he's 75. Yeah. And, and I I'm think just Simon saying, like, you can't him. just say it because this guy has two great months. He's, he's going to no, be Damian Lillard. I can, look. You're I can say what? what I want. You're here to tell me <laughs> I'm if, I'm, if it's fact or fictitious. That's why you're here. Okay. But here's yeah. the other thing. And, and, and all, you know, in all seriousness, and, and I do believe he's going to have an amazing career. Um, and I, I admit, agree. I admit to say it's going to completely mirror Dames is just me just loving the guy. And I can't, I can't claim that's a fact. Uh, but I do think factually he's going to have a great career. But the, the real, the real fear, the real fear here for the Blazers, I think has to be if you move this guy, and you don't get back something really, really amazing. Yeah. It's going to be like a Jermaine O'Neal situation where they trade Jermaine O'Neal for Dale Davis because they thought they needed Dale Davis to battle Shaq. Whoops. That was a big mistake. And the Jermaine O'Neal went on to become a multiple time all star and was exactly what you needed later on down the line, but didn't have the one part that you're, you have not mentioned that has to be mentioned is Damon Lillard, what he can do, his skills and Simon's skills. If you want to compare them, that's fine. Damian Lillard's one of the clutchest players in NBA history. And his leadership is, he might, you know, be the best leader. You know, he's a top five leader in the NBA. That's clear. I don't want to, you can debate, is he the best or is he not? There is a lot to that. And he hasn't just, he's led this team and this franchise through ups and downs and been pristine. You know what I mean? Like he's made like no mistakes. And on the court, you know when it's – I mean, there's a reason why they call it Dame time, and Lillard time. Like, there's a reason why people point to their wrists in Portland. <laughs> it's because <laughs> this guy has – you know, he has lifted the franchise to places on his back when, when he hasn't often had it. And right now, Simons, for his career, is 0 for 1. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why hey, but he hit two clutch threes at Miami or one of the games at Boston to clinch that game. So stop. But no, you're right. Last second shots. One. Last second shots. He's over one. You know what? We got time. We're gonna do it. It's we, we're calling this segment. It's uh, it's called. Um, do you want to go look, Andrews no look passes or Thien's no look passes? Go with Thien. Thien. He look at him. Go with last Thien. name only. Go. With you know, he's like Seal. <laughs> it's like Brazilian soccer player. All right, so Thien's no-look passes is this. Andrew Thien, our wonderful producer, he has questions for us that Aaron and I, have. N- we have no idea what it is. So that's why it's called no-look, and we just have to react quickly. Hit us! Question number one, we'll start with Fentress. Who is a more important player in Portland Trailblazers history? Brandon Roy or CJ McCollum? Ooh, God, that's good. Uh, but I got to go with Roy because Roy was so beloved. He was the lead player on the team, the best player on the team. So phenomenal to watch, man, because he was just makes, he was such a great decision maker with everything he did. Um, I think CJ is close maybe because he's played longer, but you know, Roy was the number one guy 
And even though his career was cut short, I think there's a fondness for Roy that's just different than it is for CJ. Yeah, it's Brandon Roy. You know, he, the, they needed resurrection. He resurrected him. Yeah. You know, he brought he brought the team back from the Jailblazers era and the era yeah. of yuck. And yeah. even though people yeah. don't like to admit it, uh, because it, when you talk about Seattle and Portland separately, it's not local. But the fact that he was from the Pacific Northwest, he kind of was a little bit of you know a guy from the area doing it. So love CJ, but you know Brandon Roy more important right now. CJ's not you know CJ's still here, so we'll see. <laughs> Tis true. Okay, uh, we'll start with Craig on this one. If you had a magic wand, which '90s era Blazers player, not named Clyde Drexler, would you add to this roster right now, and why? Not named Clyde Drexler. I think they need another small guard, so I'm gonna go with Damon Stoudemire. <laughs> Don't you love how he just jumped in? Even said Craig first. <laughs> Sorry, I was Damon joking. Stoudemire. Right. That's it. Oh, I get. It. Yeah, I'm joking. Perfect. I'm joking. Five. Play five. Play five guards. <laughs> this might not be right, but it jumps off the page for me. Buck Williams. Ooh, that's a good one. You know they got, they need a four. They need and they need defense, and they need a guy that can lead and a guy that can get hit in the face and not care. And uh, so. I'd go with Buck Williams. To me, he's one of the most underrated players in NBA history. Um, he basically was a favorite in two franchises. So I'd pick Buck and know that I'm pro- there's probably something else out there that I'm missing, but that's what off the top of my head. I like that a lot, and it's probably better than mine, but since you picked it, I'm going to go ahead and just go <laughs> with mine. But hear me out on this. I would go get Rasheed Wallace. Oh, yeah, it's not bad. And I would hope that Dame could keep him from getting all those ridiculous technicals. I don't know how many times I had Rasheed Wallace over something in a prop bet, and he went out and got a (laughs) damn technical foul arguing some stupid meaningless call in the first or second quarter that meant nothing and got ejected. Just drive me nuts. I stopped betting. I should just bet the under every time. Anyway, that's another another situation. But but what's beautiful about him is that he developed – He's, I mean, if you think about it, he's really one of the first true oh, one of the first stretch, stretch fours. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So in this day and age where that's, you know, oh, yeah. basically pushed, he would have developed that further. And oh, if yeah. you had a six foot ten athletic, very good defender yeah, he'd be a when he wanted five to be, in this NBA. stretch four he'd be a stretch or five. Exactly. Five. Oh my God. Could you oh, imagine yeah. him? Yes. So yeah, that that'd be a guy I go with, but I do like Buck as well. Also acceptable, Uncle Cliffy. Um, that would also be an acceptable yeah. answer. Oh, thanks. thanks. All right. <laughs> Lastly, um, continuing the fantasy, you're driving to the coast without your your kids or your significant others for something that kidless people call self-care. You might have heard that phrase. You can only listen to three albums on the way. What are you oh. listening to? Oh. Who's going first? Mine's easy. <laughs> wow. Um, only three albums. My God. There's only, there's only three albums in the history of the world that matter. So, so I would... <laughs> I would Number one, I'd go Bruce Springsteen, born in the USA. I got to Jersey Roots. Born in sorry, uh, and Border <laughs> Runs good, but I you know I'd have to have Springsteen with me. I would go, and this is I'm not saying it's the greatest rap album of all time, but it's my my favorite. Tribe Called Quest, Low End Theory. I just that just reminds me of my youth. Every word, boom, love it. And then the third one, I can only listen to one. <laughs> Like I'm thinking about my favorite album when I was 12, and it's embarrassing because it's Huey and the Lewis, Huey Lewis and the New Sports. I love it because it was named Sports, and I liked it. But I wouldn't. I hate to say this because I'm about to just walk into the world that I don't <laughs> want to. Because I will. I, Michael Jackson Thriller. I mean, no, I mean, dude, come on. No, I mean, I, I. It, it's the greatest it's, album ever. Not even close. Well, is that I mean, another fact I, of interest? <laughs> that's definitely. But I'm just saying, like, I could agree, I could agree with that more. But I mean, I would pick. That's because that gets me everything I want. It gets me my rock. It gets it, it gets me my you know hip hop and rap, and then it gets me you know Michael's everything. So, um, and I hate saying that because that makes him so happy, and I don't want to make Ventress happy. <laughs> 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 All right, all right. For me, my initial reaction would easily be off the wall thriller bad. But that's just too easy. So let's say the three, if I couldn't take any Michael Jackson with me and I had to pick, that's kind of tough, but I would go with Purple Rain by Prince, 
Tears for Fears song from the songs from the Big Chair, which I absolutely love that album. And then either Synchronicity of the Police or Any Heartbreak from New Edition. Oh, I like the new edition. Can oh, you man. stand the rain? the rain? Yeah, I could do that. I try the dance. I try the dance and I break my leg. But I like that. Uh, my kid, uh, my kid loves some early, early Mr. Telephone Man, Mr. Popcorn Del- Love. Like Popcorn I got him with the, Love. I got him with Candy the early girl. new edition. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, that was fun. All man. right, we got that one was wrapped good. up. Good stuff. Okay, one day on the books for this uh, duo of Fentress and Burnback on the Blazer Focus podcast. Be sure to click the subscribe button so you don't miss our great Blazer takes, him keeping me in check on Facted Fentress, and of course, whatever interesting zany thing we come up with like we just did about driving to the coast with our favorite music and also give us a positive review that'd be awesome you can subscribe to us anywhere you get your podcast craig thanks again for joining me uh here and beyond i look forward to it. it's gonna be a lot of fun buddy awesome all right thanks for listening